0: parry talks welcome back episode 22 um back again with another sydney legend slash veteran um he's recently released one of my favorite eps of the year on Sale. it's the one the only body Corp. how you doing
1: hey how you going parry good
0: man hanging in there it's bloody freezing this morning Um, yeah I generally have a rule not to do these in the AM, but I thought, you know what? Stuff it. Let's go. Bright and early.
1: Bright and early. You know, got me out of bed at a reasonable time.
0: (laughs) Sometimes it takes someone else, mate.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Um,
0: But yeah, you've obviously, you released this EP. Boom.
1: Oh, you got it. Yeah,
0: I got it. Um, I was just like, you know what? Stuff it. And I like, collecting local mm-hmm. records is a really nice thing from like the current time. So like in 30 years, I can be like, this is what we were partying to in
1: 2019
0: yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But I think this is super interesting is you release it at a weird time where you release it. And then the whole COVID sort of 19 era things that sort have of happened instantly, like straight after
1: so,
0: um, hey, I've noticed in my behaviors, <laughs> I've been reflecting a lot through this time on just absolutely everything. Um, so how has the COVID era for you like allowed you to reflect on the EP and how has this reflect and you know change your perspective on tracks over time after they've been released?
1: Yeah, like it's it's definitely an interesting time to put out a record, that's for sure. Like it's funny because like this weekend was like the proposed like EP tour as well. Like that's when it would like the the tour would start. So um so yeah, it's 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 been it's been like I mean, it's still been great being able to focus on actually like the release and putting out, you know, um, good content or whatever. Um, you know, with like, you know, people, uh, purple sneakers backing it and stuff and all that, um, sort of thing. So it's been, it's been like, you know, it's definitely, there's, there hasn't been like a, a negative, um, reaction to it. Um, that's one of the name of the tracks. If you didn't realize, <laughs> I thought I'd do that. I'm researched. Um, but- <laughs> Um, no it's been yeah it's just been it's been good like it would have been great to do a tour for sure um but yeah soothsay guys um and people there have like handled it so well and like the response has been great um and it's just allowed me to kind of focus and work on the next um body of music um so Yeah, I'm just like putting together the next EP pretty much that we probably will wait to release for a little while um, until the smoke settles. Um, But yeah. Beautiful. And I was going to ask this
0: um, a bit later to tell the narrative of it, but we're already here. Um, Obviously, you've wrote these tracks over a pretty long period of time. Um, How has it been going back to the drawing board? And has COVID-19 sort of helped you refocus on going back to the drawing board, rewriting tracks after? you know, spending a lot of time on one EP.
1: Yeah. Well, so like, yeah, I started that EP ages ago, like with one track pretty much. I think it was Soft Expression. Like that was like the oldest track. And to be honest, I didn't touch that at all Um, coming back to it with the release of the EP. Like right. I, I, may, I may have mixed it, but I didn't like, I didn't really rework any of the like um, the recordings or anything like that. It was... To me, it just was done, so I was just happy with it. Mm. Um, the other tracks they kind of developed over time, so I think like landing was next, and and that one there went through a few different renditions, and um, like the early demos sound completely like distasteful and like <laughs> horrible in comparison to you know um, where it is now. But I think I got it. I got a, I got them all to a point where I was really happy with the overall sound and I didn't want every song to sound the same as well on that EP. I wanted it to kind of showcase um, a variety of different um, styles of music that I like. I mean, it's all like dance music, but it, I think it, it all has different texture and, yeah. um, you know, they they could, it, I feel like with that EP, you could play one song and it, you could have thought it's a different artist or something in comparison to say, you know, you don't know, or something or or one of those other tracks so yeah i'm happy with how it turned out um but yeah i've just like literally now i'm just now i'm the the sort of new stuff that i'm working on has been developed in a shorter span of time so that's kind of getting reworked a lot more and i'm you know i'm up to like my freaking 10th version of one track and like driving me nuts but you just got to do it
0: (laughs) exactly and um we'll dig into the tracks now as well but here already um my favorite is negative reaction and i don't know if it's just um and like my favorite parts of that track obviously it's got those electro tinges but when it goes from breaks to four four like there's that run in the middle then it's like (laughs)
1: oh cool yeah
0: i think i love it like um like building that track, and I think it is probably one of the heavier ones dance wise on it um yeah. I'd say um what was your initial aim in building that track and um how did it just come together
1: good question like i just i just like i think that was a, my point with that track as well, so I could pick up <laughs> on that like you know starting it a bit more breaky and like um off kilter with the drums and then like dropping it into the that four four. Um, beat was definitely I just wanted to write a track like that and I like I love nice chords and pads and stuff so um I I wanted to kind of write a pretty like sort of minimal not too over the top sort of dance track and I guess like negative reaction came out Mm. yeah from that yeah that was probably the, the the one I wrote the last and that's probably I think funnily enough that, I keep fighting between soft expression and that track as my favorite one and the one I'm most proud of on the release. Yeah, I think I think soft expression to me has more of a like a timelessness for me anyway. Um, and then I think neg- negative reaction is probably next, yeah, but yeah, I was happy with that one,
0: yeah, and I wanted to ask as well, and it might just be me being. Bit nerdy or whatever, but the vocal <laughs> chops in um, the opener in soft in um, mm. are like so eerie and brilliant in landing. Um, like what are they? Like how do you
1: find them? Which in the in landing, in, sorry. In landing, or yeah, I can't even. Remember the vocal chops. There's like there. um,
0: it's like a it's like a shouting scream or something. Or like it I, sounds like a, I just like. <laughs> It might not Uh, even be a vocal trap. It might be like, I don't even know, but there's this noise.
1: Well, a lot of, so like a lot of the samples, like the vocal sort of sounding samples on that are either like my Korg M1 or like there's a vocal patch on there that you can like, like post recording, you can um, manipulate it really nicely. But then there's also heaps of, I took like heaps of samples when I went to Japan in like 2012 of just like um, train guards, um, you know, announcements and things like that, um, and and those actually feature as just like a lot of textual things in um, in the EP um, altogether. Um, they they probably feature the most in You Don't Know though. Like that 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 sample that vocal sample in You Don't Know is all just like a cut up train guard um, so doing announcement from like shibuya to kind i think we were going from tokyo to kyoto or something like that and i just had my phone on record like the whole time and um and then yeah just went with it yeah that's so brilliant yeah. and yeah and i think
0: texturally, i think that's what's most attractive to it and like you say that each track sort of sounds different but textually i think they're all pretty similar in terms of like there's a there's a cool. care for the textures and i think that's what sort of unifies them. Um, for me, anyway. Um, and you've spoken about Japan. So, was a lot of the EP written in Japan? Um, my how is Japan yeah. sort of filter into this whole thing?
1: Not, no, nah, not really. I mean, like, Japan's an influence for sure because of, you know, history of music there and culture. And, you know, it's a great country. But, like, that, that, those, the only sort of, I guess, feature from, like, Japan in that. <laughs> whole hippie is, is like that, those samples, like those those sample recordings, like the, um, you know, the environment and like, and vocal samples that I, you know, recorded and stuff. Um, but otherwise, it all, it sort of all happened like through the years afterwards, you know. So I think, yeah, soft expression, I just, I started that when I was living in Petersham at mum's place and then it, you know, it and then it, it went through about three or four different houses or something, that whole EP or something, you know, like it it, just, it evolved over time. Yeah. It's
0: beautiful. Um I sort of take it back a bit. Um, and I think the mm. body Corp story is super interesting where you're a man of many talents, you could say, um obviously with retiree. And then but at the same time as well, what I found super interesting was all you smoke would,
1: and mirrors, man. <laughs> It's all smoke and mirrors. (laughs) Reveal the secrets. Um,
0: And then obviously, and like I first found out to be just DJing around Sydney as Marco Vela. Um, Why do you think that it was necessary for you to launch the musical process, the musical sort of project as Body Corp, sort of separate to what was already becoming established in Sydney's underground as Marco Vela?
1: I feel like, so the Body Corp project... I kind of go back and forth with this all the time. Like, what am, what am, what am I doing? Yeah. You know, like, what am I going to do? Um, but I feel like the, I feel like Body Corp was made more for dance music, like for producing dance music, whereas like my Marco Vella stuff, you know, that I feel I lean towards the more ambient side of production and, and whatnot when I'm writing as Marco Vella, or, and then when I'm DJing as well, like I feel the gigs I get as say Marco Vella are more um, that sort of, you know, bar gig or a little bit less or like, you know, more on that Balearic tip and like a little less dancey, mm-hmm. um, you know, sort of set. Whereas um, the body corp stuff's usually like late night and, and it's like dance, it's like club orientated and, and stuff like that. So I kind of like having that degree of separation between the two, but now I'm kind of thinking and um, COVID and ISO has made me think about it quite a lot. (laughs) Um, Whether I just run with the one thing and then just produce it all under one name and, 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 you know, do that. It's a super interesting thing
0: because I feel like in electronic music and dance music more than any other genre, people have a lot more side projects for their different sounds and that sort of thing. Whereas like in say like rap or pop music, like people are, it's like an expectation for people to evolve and do something different every time. Otherwise, like, what's the point? But in dance music, it's like, no, you stay in your lane. If you're an electro producer, you make electro. And it's super interesting like that, like how socially like tense it is where it's like, don't evolve. Like why is more making techno now? Like go back to making like that sort of
1: whole I, see, I don't mind I don't mind both I don't mind both sides of that like I think I think it's kind of yeah it's an interesting um, discussion because like I think evolution is really good you know especially in music and like when you see musicians evolve and like you know the first like recordings that I did I hope uh, heats you know less refined or or you know, not as, um, say, good as, you know, recordings that I'll do later on down the track. And I think that's just part of, like, evolving as a musician mm-hmm. and, like, figuring out what equipment you really like and, you know, how you're set up at home or how you're set up in a studio and um, how your workflow is and how it all comes together. But um, I think in dance music, it's just part of its culture that, like, yeah. you have... You you do run different aliases and like, you know, you might do like a, a a breaks album or something, and then and then you know under another alias you'll do like yeah like an electro or like or whatever you know or an ambient record or, or whatever. But I kind of like and that's like nice in discovery as well. Like when you're like, you know, looking for music and you find an amazing record and you're like oh like who is this person and then you you know you notice that they're like oh they're it's so and so or whatever you know and um yeah i like that and i think
0: and you already hinted at it as well it's like there's an anonymity with dance music that doesn't really exist in other genres as well where it's like Mm. um like even djs in like in clubs are sort of hidden behind the decks in like dark rooms and that sort of thing. So it's, it's less yeah. about who's DJing or who's making the music and just what the music is. So there's a lot yeah. more like freedom to live underneath an alias.
1: And yeah, it, it kind of gives you that, like it gives you that, um, maybe like a sense of what you can do, whatever you want. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And there's just less of an ego about it, I guess that way as well. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: yeah. That's super interesting. And, um, Obviously, you play in the band as well, Atari. Um, yeah. which I think definitely is dance music inspired, but it's not as you know clubby or dance dance heavy as, say, the Body Corp stuff. Um, but yeah. what is like melding all together these different sort of projects um, taught you about finding your sound or finding a sound for Body Corp?
1: Still trying to find it. Hey. (laughs) Um, The lesson
0: is that you will never find yourself. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's, that's going back to, you know, evolving. I think it's just going to, I think it'll change over time as well. But, um, you know, the guys with retiree, that's, you know, we, we write like music for, for live performance and like, For the band and like Tori's an amazing lyricist. Like he writes amazing, beautiful lyrics, and like it just you know, um, it just works really well um, with that. With um, and that's sort of you know why I did like the Body Corp stuff as well because I wanted to do because I love DJing and I love you know going out um, to clubs and stuff. So. (laughs) I wanted to do something that would kind of get me more um, into that sort of area um, of music, and like the retiree stuff is is it's more like um, I mean, to me, it has more substance in in how I how I sort of perceive it because it's just like very. Like we go we when we record we go back and forth, like, I think we're up to like some, on our new record that we're recording at the moment, we're up to like a 100 versions of, of a song, you know, like and we go, we you know, Tori's in Melbourne Matt and I are in Sydney, so it's, it's this whole collaborative thing um, that happens predominantly online mm-hmm. um, and then we might um, we might book a studio you know, for a few days to record um, some stuff, but I just feel like the process is, is it's, it's a lot more, it's exhausting, but it's a lot more meaningful than like just writing by yourself. Yeah. Um, In a way. So what was the question?
0: <laughs> I don't even know. I think
1: <laughs> I just rambled. <laughs> um,
0: I like, I like the point that you make of like the, there's a, obviously like the whole meaningful thing and like, how can people make electronic music more meaningful? Um. Yeah especially from the recording point of view, Um, have you started collaborating with people? Has collaboration been sort of um, something you want to try out because of that retiree influence and how that process works as well?
1: Um, I've, like, collaborated with people in the past and, like, one person that I really, like, enjoy collaborating with and probably, um, like, only sort of have most recently and also probably will is Max Santilli. Um, so I don't know if you know, Max, but he, um, he records under Angofra. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he's an amazing, he's probably got one of the best DJ collections in the world. Um, and he's also just an amazing, um, musician. And so we've recorded some stuff together and, um, and, um, yeah, like it just, it just depends. Like sometimes you hit it off with people as well. And other times you just don't, you know, like you might respect that other person's um, output and their music, but there's just no connection there whatsoever. Or, and there's no, I feel like when I was younger, I, I, I'd try to put more time into that, like trying to um, find the connection. But now I'm just like, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, then, you know, just move on. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, back, yeah, Max and I recorded some really nice stuff, and we've played live together a couple of times and and whatnot. Um, and yeah, those those recordings and and those like live shows that we've done have been really like um, inspiring for me, for sure. For even just my like music writing for the Marco Vella stuff and also for Body Corp and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, there are some, definitely some you know good collaborations out there to good be had.
0: Yeah. That's beautiful. Um and I like asking this and I asked the same thing to Jen Loveless and she had a super interesting answer. And I wondered you if it was more coincidence for you or is a bit more strategic for you. But obviously when you've been writing music for so long, um, how do you decide that now was the time to put the EP out or that now was the time that the EP was finished for you?
1: Yeah. Um with so Soothsayer hit me up and got in touch in like 2018 about doing a release. And then it kind of like the tracks were almost, they were like bar negative reaction, they were all almost done and we just didn't have a remix for it, Mm. Um, which um, we then got um, Francis Inferno um, Orchestra, Griff to do the remix. And he did an amazing remix of um, negative reaction. Man. Um yeah, it's so Burn good. No. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've listened to a song at one fifty BPM in quite a long time. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty gotta... speedy. It's great
0: though. So. <laughs> I gotta send you some of my playlists. No, I'm
1: just kidding. Ah uh, yeah, do it. I need to I need to up the um up the speed a little bit, I think. <laughs> but yeah, like um it was it like the process just took a while with putting it out and I was always ready. Um, like for, for me, those songs were like always like they were always pretty much done from when, you know, when they were done a couple of years ago, in a way they just like needed a little bit of refining and whatnot. But yeah, I was pretty hungry as well to get something out. Cause you know, I've been writing music for quite some time now. Um, and, and like, you know, I've done a couple. Like, I did a, a track on um, Pelvis's DJ Tools thing a couple of, a few years ago, or something like that. And then a couple of other small little um, compilation and like you know other releases and stuff. But nothing um, that I was like that I had um, well that I wanted to give full focus to. And that other than the retiree stuff. Yeah. Um, but as a solo artist that came with, um, the soft expression EP Yeah. and I just, I, yeah, I was like, you know, if, if, it, if, if, it if we were ready to put it out a couple of years ago, I would have, I would have definitely, um, done it cause I was ex- definitely so excited to put it out mm. and it was, it's still like so exciting just to kind of get it out there and, and hear the response, um from friends and from other people and, and, you know, doing things like this, it's just great. Cause it motivates me to write more music and that's, that's what matters. You know, that's what I, I just want to yeah. keep writing music. So yeah.
0: Um, and I think this is a super interesting point, maybe from a bit more of a nerdy point of view from my perspective, but um, how is it finishing the last 10% of the tracks for you? Cause I feel a lot of artists sometimes when they sit on music, when they go back to re- to finish the tracks, yeah. like that last 10%, it can be so difficult. Yeah.
1: You have What's to it? let go. You just have to let go. <laughs> Otherwise you just don't finish it. You know, like there's like, I'll listen to you don't know or whatever and be like, Oh fuck, I could have turned down that snare. Hey, you know, like just, you just have to let go. Like, I think the last 10% is definitely mixed time and you have to get it to a point that you're like, you're happy and proud of it. Um, but then you've just got to sign it off, send it to the label and then let them get it mastered and then see you later. Yeah, (laughs) give me the release date. Yeah, because there's Um, like, yeah, I mean, we do like at the moment with Retiree, we're we're currently writing our next um, record and we've just, we've like pretty much just signed off on it kind of pre-mix um stage but it's just taken us so long to get there you know there's so so many back and forths and like you you end up just tweaking a snare for like half an hour or something you're like oh my god just get rid of the snare and get a new one or something you know like (laughs) replace it yeah Yeah.
0: Um, another super interesting point as well it might be my inner nerd but um like the Suze relationships would be interesting as well because um probably had a couple of different options um you know how to release the ep you know, self-release or um because you release another labels as well or imprints before um why was Suze? Yeah. do you think the right one for you and what sort of influenced that decision
1: um look they they got in touch with me yeah in like 2018 about putting something out and like they've you know they worked with um, like Sam Weston in particular, who who's another artist I really respect and really um, enjoy listening to. Um, and I just they just you know we met up and we had a little meeting and stuff, and I really liked the vibe of um, of, of Tig and Chris. Tig was working um, for them, or well, owned he owned um, part owned to say at the time. He's retired from the music industry now, but. Um, But yeah, they just, we just, we just met up and I just really liked their vibe and like um, the music that they put out, um, it ranges, it's quite versatile too. And I think I like that about the label, you know, like um, it's not just, as you can see, like I like writing for different sort of genres and whatnot um, through retiree and through the Marco Valley ambient stuff. So I was kind of into that aspect of it, like them being a bit more versatile and like having, you know, good reach and, and essentially I just wanted to put the record out with the label that would, you know, nurture it, and not just like put it out and then it just got, you know, it disappeared in the mix. So, yeah. and they've been really good like that. They've, you know, they've like, I've learned heaps from them too. It's been a really good like learning experience for me. And, um, and yeah, I just yeah the the guys there are great. They're so efficient and um, um yeah. So Brilliant. If, yeah, with with yeah they just they hit me up. I was like, cool, let's do it. <laughs>
0: I was scared asking that question just in case, like oh we've got to, I've got a shit relationship with my label. I need to have my deal. It.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hear it all too
0: often. It's usually it's signed up for ten
1: releases <laughs> with them. There, get me out. <laughs>
0: I own my 100% of my masters. now. Um, super interesting, yeah. My
1: royalties, no!
0: I think another super interesting thing as well is when writing an EP over a, amount of, a long amount of time, um, what do you think you learned most about producing throughout the entire process? And what do you think became most prevalent, like learning-wise for you as a technical producer over the years?
1: Um, that's a good question. Like, I, I feel I'm forever learning. Um, I feel I produce the best when I've got, when I'm in a comfortable environment and like everything's set up, you know, um, just connected to it, each other and, and, Yeah, like at the moment, my studio is really nicely set up, so my output is really um, consistent, and it's also just I'm writing heaps of music at the moment. Like I'm loving it; it's great, you know. Um, I feel I feel like I wish because I'm like like I studied music at school, but I didn't um, I didn't I didn't continue to practice it as a you know in terms of music theory and or, or anything like that. So everything I write. You know I know a little bit of music theory, but it's not like i'm not a technical musician like that at all like it's all pretty much off ear you know so I think with that there's a lot of back and forth with um, recording and writing the right chords and whatnot yeah. that 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 but that's what I like about experimenting with it all I like the the kind of inconsistency and um and what's the word for it? Just not, not not really knowing where it can go next. Yeah. Um and I think that works well with dance music as well, you know? Um Definitely. but yeah, like I um yeah, I I I think having a really comfortable setup to record in um makes all the difference. Yeah. Yeah,
0: beautiful. And this, is, this question might be a bit left field in might flop, but I think Shoot. another super interesting thing, because I relate to it a lot as well, is especially in Sydney dance, there's an ingrained fashion culture, and especially with like yeah. the sort of community you associate with as well, just like based off my deep social stalking, um, as well as obviously <laughs> that like, strong fashion <laughs> element and design yeah. element, I think, as well, um, which is yeah. pretty hardcore in Sydney dance, um, Sydney melt, like Australian underground dance scenes. Yeah. Um, like, is there anything in fashion that inspires your music or anything from like the design world, the visual world that also inspires the Sonic world for you?
1: Not, not fashion at all, really. Like, um, like I like clothes and stuff and I like nice design, but yeah, fashion doesn't really play its part in that at all. Design does for sure, like, especially with, um, like, like ambient music writing. Cause I, I, you know, I'll, I'll be inspired by a space, for example, mm. that has like nice design or, or, you know, like a nice gallery or a nice museum will, will inspire me in a way. Um, I think, I think out of everything though, people inspire me the most. Um, and also um, like other musicians, and stuff inspire me the most but yeah like design is and and that sort of thing um it doesn't it doesn't play its part in the body corp music at all that's all inspired by going out listening to other great music um friends you know yeah. the um, the the experiences you have with them um you know, like I show a lot of my demos to friends and, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, that's cool or that's a bit cheesy or, or you know, you might want to um, fix that snare. It sounds like shit. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's mainly, yeah, the design aspect and all that sort of thing and the visual side of music is probably it plays more on the um, on my ambient music writing. Um and then like the dance music is just completely inspired yeah. by like other, other, what other people put out and, um, and also, you know, other parties that I go to or whatever. And, and just people in general. There you go.
0: At least I tried. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> because I think, try. I, know, I think you might, I needed to, I haven't told this story in the podcast yet, but I think you might find it funny. Um,
1: yeah.
0: we're at the pelvis classy Rex party and, yeah. um, our friends have just like, we like just taking the piss out of everything. So yeah. we were waiting, we were upstairs on the dance floor and I like yeah. just pretending to arc up to my friend being like, you're not wearing Pam, you're not wearing pelvis, you're not wearing a <laughs> Pam sockers tee, what are you doing here? And like, pretended to shirt front him. Yeah. And then one of my friends, like this other random person was like, man, stop bullying him. Like, you <laughs> might not be able to afford it and stuff. And we were like,
1: oh my <laughs> that God, like, that is the funniest <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> Uh Yeah. Yeah. We like Ryan's in Pelvis, and like that's our, that's sort of, you know, our close friends and stuff. And you kind of, you, you find, and like, yeah, Mato works at Pam and whatnot. And, um, and you, you sort of find yourself, like, I'm, I'm like, you know, I'll look through my wardrobe or whatever and be like, fuck, I need to get some new clothes and stuff. Cause it's just like all the same stuff um but you know they got the hookups so yeah, exactly. you gotta, you gotta them up. <laughs> At the same time,
0: it's nice having like an ingrained culture like that where it's like you go yeah. to a party and people will be wearing like a brand that you really like as well a local yeah, brand yeah. too it's everyone just supporting local and stuff then, yeah
1: that's it yeah and it's it's a bit of a connection within the community and yeah oh shit i just realized <laughs> yeah <laughs> Good. I actually didn't. I need to get one of those. I don't even have one of those. I'm going to hit Ryan up. I'm like, wait, where's mine, dude? And <laughs> Sold out. <laughs> I'm not on the,
0: I'm not on the, Um, on the guest list for pelvis. Yeah, yeah don't so.
1: right. <laughs> I'm <laughs>
0: still paying full price.
1: Uh, I
0: think next time there's a pelvis party in Sydney, I'll ask for a plus one. See, see how it goes. <laughs> how yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'll, I'll see what I can do for you, dude.
0: <laughs> um, final couple of questions. Cause that was at hey. least half an hour. That- Flew by um, And I should have yeah. I feel bad doing this to you Because I should have asked you this I should have told you I was going to ask these questions Because they can Put people on the spot It's a bit rude um, Yeah First one is Do you have a favourite Or like Iconic mixes Or boiler rooms That you love
1: um, <clears throat> The best mix That I've ever Experienced In my life yeah. Has got to be Jim Mason's Live performance um, For boiler room that that's a special one, yeah, yeah. Have you listened to it? I have, of course. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. that that mm-hmm. just just in context of um of like where I've listened to it and who I've listened to it with is just like yeah, it's magic. Yeah, you answered yeah. that quick. So many people like yeah, it's like, oh, <laughs> like <laughs> <You> <laughs> I, I know it. that I've got my answer down pat. Hey,
0: <laughs> uh, and the last and the next one and the final one. Um, yeah. I like getting people to like neck nominate someone to come on or someone that you think would, you know, tell a good story or ha- should have their story told um, like yeah. a friend or whatever. Who do you think should, should pull up on Parry Talks?
1: I reckon hit up Max, Max Santilli. He's just put out a record <clears throat> recently and, and like he's, um he's just a really interesting guy to talk to about music and, and his whole, you know um ideology about music and and his recording process like he's he'll probably hate me for for the recommendation (laughs) but um but i reckon you should hit him up because he'd be he'd be a great person to chat with yeah
0: yeah parry talks episode 22 Great.
1: that was good thanks for coming on no worries thanks for having me enjoy it brother